Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're joined here today by Andy Bellavia. This is going to be part one of a two-part hearables discussion. So Andy, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Thanks a lot, Dave. I appreciate being on your podcast. Uh, I'm Andy Bellavia. I'm responsible for marketing and business development for Knowles Corp's Hearing Health Technology Division, which encompasses both hearing aids, hearables, radio communications, and the like. And I focus on hearables, music, earphones, and radio communications. And obviously, hearables has been an area that's garnered a lot of attention and is uh, growing quite rapidly now. Yeah, no, it really is. It's funny. It's like uh, Andy and I have been um, in tweeting about hearables. <laughs> That's how we met each other for years now, um, both sort of operating in and around the uh, the hearing healthcare space. Uh, largely around hearing aids for me. And, you know, that's one part of what Andy deals with too, with, you know, being a a component uh, supplier. And, um, you know, it's just, it's fascinating because even going back to when we were at the Voice Summit in July, um, you know, obviously we've been privy to, you know, AirPods era and the, just the emergence of AirPods um, going back to 2017 when they, or 2016 when they came out. Um, But it's like flash forward to, October and November this year when it was, you know, just this flurry of announcements. And I guess that's a good starting point here. You know, it's like we have this uh, emergence of Amazon's Echo Buds, you have um, AirPods, and then now AirPods Pro. Uh, along with that, too, you should mention the new Beats, uh, the wireless Beats ones. Uh, those are a really interesting form factor as well. You have um, Google's Pixel Buds version 2, which are going to be coming out early 2020, uh, Amazon's Echo Buds, which are out now, and then also eventually we might get uh, Microsoft Surface Buds. So, you know, here we are on the doorstep of this next decade. And um, it's like one of the new, very, the very new things within computing is this idea that everybody's sort of walking around uh, with a mini ear computer, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's never been a more interesting time in the hearable space because the technology has finally matured where we could actually have compelling devices that people want to have in their ears. You know, the, the earlier product, and, and a lot of credit goes to Bragi and, and Doppler, you know, amongst others, uh, for tackling the hearable space when none of the technology was really ready. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the end, they had problems with battery life, with robustness of connectivity, and so on. But they really pioneered the design thinking towards ear computers. Uh, now, Nohira is interesting because they're very early, but they focus on a specific use case that they know they could succeed in, and they've kind of straddled that gap. But ultimately, it took the custom chip made by Apple for the original AirPods that really brought all the pieces together, that seamlessly paired up, you know, that, that had very good uh, robustness of connectivity and mm-hmm. gave five-hour battery life which is now enough that you can start thinking about using them in longer wear situations. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, to your, you know, kind of to what you're saying, it's like uh, 
you had companies like Bragi and Doppler that were, they had the right idea, but, you know, as startups, uh, they didn't, I don't think, I don't think they had the, just the, um, like the capital and the resources to get through that period um, that really Apple was able to succeed through before the miniaturization had become sort of feasible. I think they kind of just powered through it, especially for that, you know, those first few years of AirPods. And it's, uh, but it's kind of fascinating because, you know, this takes me back to something that I cite a lot when I'm writing is this, um, it's basically this, framework that Chris Anderson, who's the CEO of 3D Robotics laid out, uh, which he defined as the peace dividends of the smartphone wars. And really what he was describing was that, you know, with the introduction of the iPhone in 2006, and then Android following not long after, you had this giant global smartphone war, uh, you know, with these two companies as the OS providers, and then all the different handset manufacturers. And, and because of this, it created this massive supply chain of not only the phones, but also all the components housed within the phones. So the GPS, the processor, you know, the radio antennas, uh, the batteries, all these things. And, you know, it's like, here we are today. And I think we're really seeing those peace dividends be, um, you know, distributed uh, far and wide, like you can make anything from a drone, um, to a mini robot to, uh, you know, a hearable device. Um, and you can, you can house a lot of that really sophisticated technology in a small device, because, you know, the, the, Time, enough time has progressed to where you know Moore's law has taken into effect, and these things have just gotten smaller and smaller. And so I think that's why it took a company like Apple to really sort of pioneer some of this stuff because Apple is so good at making really small devices, as evidenced by like their Apple Watch. And so they have a lot of knowledge and wherewithal in that. And and so I think it's no surprise that they sort of ushered in this new era where you now have all of Apple's competitors starting to follow suit. And I think that there's a lot more to why the ear makes such a, a highly sought after place for a number of different reasons. Um, you know, and, and as we get into this conversation, you know, we're going to have a part two where we're talking specifically about uh, just sort of like the use cases that come from all of this. Um, but I'll kick it back over to you. I mean, where, how does this in your eyes, you know, now that we have this ubiquity that's starting to become a thing with these in-the-ear devices, um, you know, without going too much into the, uh, the actual uh, use cases, you know, in your eyes, how does this change the whole dynamic of computing with the idea that everybody sort of now wears a in-the-ear computer? Yeah, I, I like the analogy of the smartphone wars, because for this to become a viable category, devices had to be developed for it. First, there was Apple developing their own proprietary chip. But once the category for true wireless music players, not necessarily even intelligent hearables, but just true wireless music players became established, then you know, some of the, the market DSP providers started developing along those lines. And so now you have uh, people like Qualcomm, for example, who mm -hmm. developed chipsets specifically for this case, uh, as well as microphones and speakers and all the rest. And so now the hardware has come together. And at the same time, you know, what features are needed to make compelling uh, true wireless hearable devices are also coming together. I think of Earn, for example, 
they were right there with Bragi. Actually, I think theirs came out a little bit before Bragi, and they took exactly the opposite approach to Erin. <laughs> we wanted to make it very simple and perform well, mm. so simple that they didn't even have microphones, which you literally had to pull one out of your ear to have a phone call. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of kind of feeling it through, mm. and I think, you know, in the end, beginning with AirPods, everybody now could more or less assemble a device that people would want to wear. And so now you see lots of true wireless devices. And when you think about the use cases, music and podcasts are still the primary use cases. But thinking forward, now we get into true intelligence. Mm -hmm. Now that the hardware has finally arrived, that I can produce reliable devices with long enough battery life, and I can listen to music or stream podcasts, where does it go beyond that, right? Think about the rise of transparency. Mm. Normally, you put a set of earphones in and you're isolating yourself from the world. And now increasingly, you can mix in streaming and reality. It's something I've gotten quite used to with my connected hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Because I can, I can stream a podcast or listen to music and dial in any level of reality versus streaming I want. And I almost forget what it's like not having that. <laughs> You know, for example, I was on the train coming back from Chicago when there were a couple of loud passengers. Well, I just put the slider a little more over towards streaming, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I could still hear what was going on about the train, but, you know, I was more focused on the streaming. But then when I needed to talk to the conductor, all I had to do, a couple of taps on the ear, it went more towards reality and I could have a conversation. So these are the sorts of things that are coming together to make a really good experience wearing devices out and about. Yeah, no, you make such a good point there, you know, with transparency mode, because it's like, uh, you know, I think one of the most interesting things about Apple is they're not necessarily bringing forth um, brand new innovation. Like for those that have been following the hearable space for a little bit, they would know that there are, there've been offerings out in the market for years, like, you know, early Doppler, uh, the Doppler Hero One, uh, New Hera's IQ Buds, these have transparency mode on them. Um, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how they compare because I haven't used AirPods Pro yet. But I think what AirPods Pro does is it exposes people, uh, it's, it's exposing a lot of people to some of these really cool hearable features, just like you said, that you are experiencing with your hearing aids, which is like a whole separate conversation that I think is really fascinating that we need to have, which is this idea of why hearing aids are such an interesting form factor. But this idea of being able to live in a world where you're sure you're wearing AirPods for five, six hours a day, but you're wearing them in a very a variety of settings. So I think one of the most interesting things with the AirPods Pro is this force sensor that's on the uh, the stem of the device that you just you just kind of put, press it for a little bit and it will toggle you in between active noise cancellation and this transparency mode. And just to your point, you know, it allows for you to sort of seamlessly mix your digital acoustic setting with your physical ambient acoustic setting. And I think that's really, really fascinating. And this is the type of stuff that's happening at a really, really fast rate. I mean, just here, I'll quote in a Bloomberg article um, that is quoting, uh, you know, the expectations that AirPods are going to double to 60 million units during 2019 um, due to a uh, much higher than expected demand for AirPods Pro. So again, I think you have two things happening at once. You have this notion that's very widely held in the market that 
AirPods are great. And then now with AirPods Pro, people are saying these things are even better. And the reason they're saying that is largely because of a lot of the hearables features that have been around but are becoming mainstream through um, offerings like AirPods Pro. And the convergence with hearing aids, which is really fascinating. Yeah. Because you have a new hearer is a great example. They focus, you know, precisely on hearing enhancement, you know, for people who have trouble hearing in loud restaurants or whatnot. And now you have AirPods Pro, which is really focused on music and Siri, but at the same time has transparency mode and would be perfectly capable of doing these sort of beam forming so it focuses on the person in front of you when you're in a crowded restaurant, this sort of enhancement. All of those features which are in hearing aids starting to show up in hearables and vice versa. You know, up mm-hmm. until a year ago, you didn't have a universally Bluetooth connected hearing aid and now you do. Yeah. And so I think both technologies from a from usability point of view are starting to feed off each other. What makes an all day comfortable wearable hearing aid? Some of those features are starting to feed into hearable devices. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, it's like, I guess for the gist of this conversation has been, this is, you know, if anybody asks why now, this is why now it's that the hardware has become feasible. And along with that, um, we have become, we have made it so that as a society, it is socially acceptable to where things like AirPods for longer and longer periods of time. So we really are progressively moving to this future where you start to wonder, okay, so if people are wearing these things for five, six, seven, and beyond hours a day, what types of new things are are they going to be able to do with a computer in your ear like that? So we'll wrap for today. I would be remiss if we did not mention the panel that Andy and I are going to be doing uh, along with a few others at uh, Project Voice in January, the emergence of hearables. Andy, anything you want to say about that panel? Well, I'm really looking forward to the panel as well as the second part of this podcast where we really start to think about now that the hearable hardware has arrived, now that in the social context, people are more used to wearing them all day and people around them are used to people having things hanging out of their ears and not being put off by it, <laughs> where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. That's going to be an interesting topic on the panel, and I'm looking forward to discussing with that with you in the second part of this podcast as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andy. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for everybody for tuning in, and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time. 